Hey, this is Len Casper, the TV voice of the Chicago Cubs. You're listening to the Friendly Confines podcast with Chad and Ryan. Rhino, we made it. The sprint is over 60 games, and now the real fun begins. Cubs, Miami Marlins, 1 o'clock on Wednesday. How excited are you? Well, playoff time is always the most exciting time, Chad. And, I mean, Major League Baseball is upside down this year, of course, with the 60-game season. But, man, it's exciting. This is kind of a new twist, so I'm all in on it. What about you? You know, I'm excited to see three straight playoff games at Wrigley Field. It's going to be the final games of the the 2020 season um, at Wrigley before it moves to neutral. So that's going to be a fun little ring. And the show breakdown up with the Miami Marlins. You've got a little bit more knowledge. You live down in South Florida, so you'll give us your take on that. We're going to talk about video clips that we're going to see from 2003. He who will not be named until a quarter, you know, until an inning coming up. We're going to, well, I guess I'll name him. We're going to talk about Bartman. We're going to talk about what we're excited about um, going into the postseason. We're going to talk about um, a chip on the shoulder of Chris Bryant and David Ross as they kind of lash out at some of the negative fans and some of the negative Twitter spear out there. And, and we, oh my gosh, in terms of the guest, another blockbuster. Yeah, this one is, I mean, my goodness, this is so exciting. We are talking with Pulitzer Prize winning author, Washington Post columnist, and diehard Chicago Cubs fan, George Will. Easily the most intelligent person we will ever have on this podcast, Chad. <laughs> uh, very intimidating because he is just so so renowned and has such a wealth of so many published works that, I mean, this guy has a resume longer than anybody we will ever have on this show. So pretty exciting stuff. He's going to break down some really cool things about his experiences of being a Cubs fan, and we'll get his insight on what he thinks of this current Chicago Cubs run. So stick around because the Friendly Confines Playoff Edition starts right now. Hi, everybody. I'm Ryan Lieber. He's Chad Gordon. Let's start as we always do in the first inning, Chad. The season is over. The Cubs finished the year 34 and 20. It was basically about what we both said and thought the Cubs would finish at. So they Go in, get two of three from the White Sox. In our last podcast, I had said I wanted to see them win at least two of three and get some runs on the board. And they did that in all three games. So from your perspective, first, do you feel better as the Cubs go into the postseason against the Miami Marlins? Yeah, I've got a couple thoughts on this. I mean, you're right. We both wanted to see some fight. We want to see some energy. And here's what makes that series win more impressive for me. This is a White Sox team that has been incredibly dominant all year. This is a White Sox team that was in line to win the division if everything played out in their favor this weekend. So in other words, they had everything to play for. And the Cubs came in and they showed off their offense in every game. Even the game they lost on Saturday, they still showed off their offense. Chris Bryant. Welcome back. Oh my gosh. Prove us all wrong. I love it. We're going to talk about him a little bit, but here's what I love. It's like, it's like, was I scared? You know, I wasn't concerned. 
it is all about making the postseason. You want to win the division. The Cubs had the opportunity where they clinched earlier in the week, and they knew they would need a colossal collapse to not win the division. It was totally in their hands, and they walked out there, Ryan, this weekend on a great stage, Chicago versus Chicago, and they brought their swagger back. This is a team I don't think anybody wants to face right now. They look good. They did look really good, which was great to see because they looked so bad against the Pirates the week before. They did everything that I wanted them to do, Chad, as I mentioned. They went out there, they scored 10 runs in the first game, five in the second game in a loss, and 10 runs in their third game on Sunday. And while the offense looked amazing, the pitching staff, for the most part, was, you know, shaky. The starting rotation looked good. Bullpen had their moments, but... I overall, I am happy with the way this team looks momentum wise going into the playoffs against this Miami Marlins team. So for me, I'm in good shape and feel good about it going into the wild card round. Love it. Let's move on to the second inning. And you know what? Our draw, this is a team that I guarantee you not many Cubs fans have really been following. The Marlins is, are, are a team that was one of the first ones stricken by COVID. They had a lot of makeups. I think they lost about a week and a half. They didn't lose as many games as the Cardinals, but they had a lot of makeup games. It's really interesting that both the Marlins and the Cardinals makeup games and, you know, that really abbreviated schedule of doubleheaders were two teams that made the playoffs. But I ask you this question, Ryan, the Marlins have made the postseason now three times. The two previous times they made it. They made the World Series. Are you concerned here in the wild card round about the Miami Marlins? And you live there, you know, so you've seen them close up. Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, this is uh, my quote-unquote hometown team being in South Florida. And, you know, the Marlins are one of those teams, Chad, that no matter what, they always seem to find a way when they are in the postseason to win, right? And the Cubs now playing the Miami Marlins for the first time since 2003 we'll get to that in just a moment but this is a young team with some really nice core pieces not only in the pitching staff but on the you know in the lineup too I mean they have some solid players starting with a guy named Brian Anderson who you probably don't know a ton about but you know he's a guy at third base who you know obviously is is somebody that has some pop in his bat he can drive in some runs Jesus Aguilar, who, uh, you know, has some years under his belt, uh, obviously a, a veteran player who's played a role for this team. But really what separates the Marlins from everybody else is their young pitching. And they have some horses in that starting rotation that I think are definitely um, going to be names that you might not know right now, but are going to be names that eventually you will know down the line guys like a Pablo Lopez or a Sandy Alcantara Sixto Sanchez these are guys that I promise you it may not be this season but in the couple of seasons from now these are going to be household names Chad so yes the Marlins do give me a little bit of a scare what about you well I mean you know the the one area I kind of went like position by position I went statistical uh, uh, category both pitching and, and and batting and the Cubs have the edge in almost every category. They don't in, you know, the, the Marlins have a better closer in Kinsler. And, and Cubs fans remember Kinsler. He, Kinsler, he was the guy that, um, that showed flashes of brilliance. We chose not to retain him. But overall, you know, if the Marlins are going to do this and pick it up, it's because they just are peaking at the right time. And what they've done has been very impressive. They've worked on this, that accelerated schedule of lots of doubleheaders, um, finding their way through and winning when they needed to. They have quietly, if you look at all the National League teams, they have quietly 
and just deliberately made the postseason. Um, I like the draw for the Cubs. Um, it is interesting, the historical ramifications. We're going to talk about that in the next inning. But um, for me, I think if you go player by player, the matchups, I mean, if we get Chris Bryant from this weekend, you know, he's going to be better matchup than 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 uh, than Anderson. Um, but uh, they are an interesting team. And I think Cubs fans for the first time are going to see these guys for the very first time. And this is a team that was like historically bad because. You know, they uh, had decided just to blow it up and give away a lot of different uh, uh, players to a lot of different teams. But they're back. They've got a lot of young team every time they made the postseason. The other two times they've won the World Series. So there might be something to that. Hopefully the Cubs can end that streak right in the first round. Yes. As we move to the third inning, Chad, and of course, as we mentioned, 2003, every Cubs fan can uh, remember 2003. Um Arguably, you know, the biggest collapse in Cubs history with the team up three to one on the Marlins and uh, the Marlins winning three straight two in Wrigley. And of course, uh, one of the, uh, if not the most uh, famous or infamous plays from that series, Chad, was, of course, Steve Bartman, who uh, will live in infamy in Cub fans minds, even though, uh, you know, there is no reason to blame Steve Bartman for any of this. But you do probably have to think that the uh, television producers, wherever these games will be shown, whether it's on TBS or Fox or ESPN, uh, Chad, what's the over-under for you to think how many times they will actually show the Steve Bartman play from 2003 throughout the course of this series between the Cubs and the Marlins? Your take on that. What I love about good, solid Cubs fans that love Lynn Casper and love Pat Hughes is every time they're exposed to Joe Buck or a national broadcast crew, they get salty because they're not fawning over because they're, 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 they're doing the old trucks. They're doing the curses and this is and that's and the, the black cats in front of Santo. Steve Bartman is going to be shown at every game. Steve Bartman is going to be shown that highlights going to be shown at every pregame show. It's going to be on a loop. We're going to be inundated with Steve Bartman video for the next five days, the next six days until this series is over. So my over under is infinity. We're going to see it anywhere and everywhere. And my take for Cubs fans, my take for all of our listeners is just let it go because that is the national audience. That's not something Marky Marky's going to show because there's a history around it. But for me, That is something from the past that is long gone. It's a guy that you're right. We're always going to remember that guy's name. Um, But but just don't get down on the national audience because they have to play to what they they played to curses. And all they have right now going into this Marlin series is that epic collapse in 03 and the most iconic video of him, his arms reaching out and Alou throwing his glove down. It's the, um, it's the easy uh, like low hanging fruit, so to speak, when it comes to something like this, right? It's what the television producers look at and say, well, it's obvious that when the Cubs and the Marlins are playing in the postseason for the first time since 03, of course we have to go yeah. back and dig up the Steve Bartman play because that was, of course, the, the basically the symbol of what represented that series and what kind of it, you know, 
all represented when it was all said and done that that was kind of uh, you know the euphemism of what that whole series turned out to be so yes i i obviously know we're going to see plenty of it it's going to be brought up certainly if there's a foul ball hit over in left field in that area gee i wonder how many times announcers are going to mention <laughs> it during the broadcast you, you know they will and they'll say something the effect of oh well it's a good thing there's not fans in the stand uh yeah we're gonna see plenty of it it's obvious that you you kind of have to do it as a television network because it's such an obvious thing you would have to do because i almost think and and i know i'm, I'm just thinking as a tv person you're almost doing a disservice to the the viewers if it's not something you're mentioning yeah. because if you don't mention it people are going to go how did they not say anything about it even though everyone says they don't want to hear it at the end of the day people know that it's going to be brought up and talked about so it's just going to be there for everybody to to kind of wait for that moment where they're going to start to begin mentioning it um at some point in time during the post yeah and i i think we mentioned this on the podcast for our longtime listeners i think they've heard me say this before but I put some blame on Steve, but he's like seventh. He's seventh in the pecking order. Number one, the main reason that that series went to heck, Bernie Mac. And we'll talk about that another time, but God rest, you know, rest in peace, Bernie. But I blame you. We're, more we're than blaming him. a dead guy? Yeah, yeah. A White Sox fan that Fox trolled out a, a White Sox fan to do the seventh inning stretch. And instead of saying root for root for the Cubbies, he said root root for the champions. And everything fell apart right after Bernie Mac. So I know he's gone. I know he's passed away. You know, he's a Chicago legend, a Southside legend. But a White Sox fan had no business having that role. So, yeah, I, I blame Bernie. Yeah. Okay. yeah. We'll talk about that All another right. time. But I'm pretty passionate about that. Baker's definitely in there. Prior, you know, uh, not, you know, losing his school. Boo is very much in there. And then, you know, we could talk about that double play. Let's move on. To Gonzalez? How about game. Alex Gonzalez? Go ahead. No, no, Keep the going. double play. Yeah. Should have turned the double play. I just said it. Yeah, that was, yeah. that's in there too. Yeah. But, but, you know, we can go into that more. But let's that. Let's let's get through this this series clean. But we're going to see it a lot. And just take a deep breath, Cubs fans. It's what it is. The national audience that is all they know. And the, and the, and the TV guys have to show video. So um, it's good video. And it was one heck of a collapse by the Cubs in 03. And you know what? We wouldn't have had 16 quite as enjoyable without. Oh, three. So let's move on to the fourth inning. And, and Ryan, I'm going to let you read the whole quote. I know you're ready to. And and it's pretty amazing. I have to tell you, I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked. And I don't get shocked often by Chris Bryant and what he says in postgame interviews. But Chris Bryant, who for me is always that guy that says the right things, um, you know, communicates as he should in postgame interviews. He went off. And I was surprised by that. I'm seeing fire from Chris Bryant. He basically says he doesn't give a bleep about what fans think about him and his struggles this year. What was your take on that? Because that was the most surprising thing that happened today. And that includes the Bears going 3-0. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, I got to be honest. I loved it. Yeah. I loved the candor. I loved the fact that he left it all out there. And just basically told Cubs Twitter, I don't give a bleep. I really don't. I'm kind of over it. I feel like sometimes I go out there and I could go four for four and it's not good enough for some people. So I don't give a bleep. How about that? Yeah. That's the exact quote from Chris Bryant when he was asked about his critics on social media. And good for him. Yeah. You know what? Listen, it's no secret that Chris Bryant is, is, is frustrated at the plate. For every Cub fan that is frustrated with the way he's playing, I guarantee you, Chris Bryant is 
five to a hundred times more frustrated and upset in his play than the average fan is. Because guess what? It's him that's going through it. He's the one that's dealing with the injuries. He knows he's not playing well. He knows that he's, you know, not at the top of his game right now. He hears it, but you know what? He silenced those critics. How about the fact that he hit two home runs, one on Saturday and one on Sunday, hit a grand slam against the White Sox on Saturday, and then hits a home run on Sunday to shut up those critics. So for me, good for Chris Bryan. I was happy to see it. What about you? You know what? Tell me about Nolan Arenado's stats this year. Have you heard a thing about him this year? No. I mean, what is the alternative here? We have a guy that historically won college player of the year, rookie of the year, MVP, World Series. This is a guy that has has a track record of success. And if you look at his body of work since he came into the league, it is above average to all the players. He is an excellent player that is struggling, not because he's lost it, not because he's swinging at sliders in the dirt like Javi's doing right now. He's been hurt. He's been injured. He doesn't want to be hurt. He doesn't want to be injured. We've had the discussions about his durability. I have concerns about his big frame being able to to stand up for a long career. Like, I have some concerns about that. You know, next year is going to be a contract year. He's going to want to prove everybody wrong. He's going to want to get the big payday next year. I want to ticked off, pissed off Chris Bryant, and I saw it today, and I love it. I love – and by the way, folks, he didn't say bleep. Ryan said that was his exact quote. You can use your imagination on what he did say. I'm excited that he is fired up. And if that's the fire he needs to show everybody and get a chip on his shoulder, that's going to make the Cubs so much better on this run and going into the 2021 season. This is a family show. I don't like to use expletives <laughs> when we have a family it's show. True, it's true. I know that we have all different ages listening. So we like to keep it PG here on the Friendly Confines. Nice. Yes. So let's move on now to the fifth inning, Chad. And kind of along those same lines, manager David Ross was asked by the media what the criticism on Bryant meant to him and how he felt. And David's exact quote was great, too. He said, Quote, I don't really comment on people on Twitter. Those people are idiots. Chad, you and I are on Twitter. Are we idiots? And were you offended by what David Ross had to say about people like us on Twitter? It's a fine line. You know how I am on Twitter. I'm not a 38 tweets a game twit, twit guy, you know, tweet guy. I, uh, I also don't, you know, get freaked out when somebody strikes out or somebody makes an error. I don't. It's not the end of the world to me. I'm, you know, I am glass half, half full with this Cubs team. So I would not put myself in that category. I have many times when I say it's a fine line. I have many times talked about the very vocal online presence. And, and you and I had that discussion. I mean, it's probably a younger crew that didn't live through the, the famine years that we did and are used to just having struggles at times. And so, you know, I appreciate that he's sharing that. And I would like to say like everybody that is upset that we didn't like sweep the pirates and win 40 games, who cares? Who cares how the Cubs do on Wednesday, the week before the playoffs begin when they've qualified for the playoffs, who cares? What have I always said? Make the playoffs, get on a roll, get healthy and set up your pitching staff for the playoffs. They did what they needed to do this weekend. They knew mathematically they could take care of business and win the division. Only their sixth central, only their eighth division in my lifetime. So that's no easy feat. So what I would share with the, the, the Twitter audience is just take a break and realize this. I'll throw one little stat out there for those people that are upset because the Cubs don't win all 60 games. In 2016, 
the Milwaukee Brewers finished 30 and a half games out of first place. That's tough to do. They finished 30 and a half games out of, they finished in dead last in 2016. In September of 2016, the Cubs played the Brewers twice in series. The Cubs lost both of their series. 2016 was fine. Don't worry about the Pirates. Don't worry about a struggle against the Twins. Worry about your team, their strength, firing on all cylinders. And what I would share is Cubs Twitter, feel what you want to feel. I've said this many times on our Facebook. Tell you how to fan. But my gosh, enjoy this run. Five postseasons in the last six years. This could all go away tomorrow. The Red Sox stunk this year. The Nationals won the World Series last year. They didn't make the playoffs this year. Enjoy this run. Enjoy this run and realize you can't win them all. Okay, so here's the deal. It's Twitter, Chad. It's a place where there is complete garbage going around from people of all walks of life that say what they want to say in that moment. Now, I'm more active on Twitter probably than you are. I'm one of those people that does in-game tweets and, you know, discusses things and puts, you know, you know, some information out there or thoughts that I have during a game. I'm not one of those people that starts fights with others or leaves, you know, crappy comments or, you know, says things that are disparaging to others. But there's plenty of that out there. And yes, there's lots of Cubs Twitter that is out there as well, where the sky is falling after a loss and they feel like the entire season is, you know, going to hell in a handbasket. I don't necessarily feel that way either. I'm kind of on the same, you know, level as you. Do I get frustrated with this team? Of course. Yes, absolutely. And I see the frustration from time to time with others as well. And that's okay. But at the end of the day, they're fans. And fans now have a platform where they can be more public than they've ever been because of social media. So for David Ross to say what he said, that people on Twitter are idiots, I'm not offended at all because he's right. There are plenty of people on Twitter that are morons, that say things in whatever capacity it may be, whether it's sports, whether it's politics, whether it's about life. And people say stuff that is triggering that upsets others you're not going to agree with it so david ross did the smart thing and you know what to anyone that was offended by it who cares then you have the issue it's on you not on david ross and so for my money i was happy that he said what he said because twitter to me and we've talked about this before is the vocal minority not the majority of the people on to the sixth inning, and Rhino, I was lucky enough. I love joining my buddy, our buddy, Jay Foster, on the Quad Cities uh, ESPN station on their show and spent about a good half an hour with these guys. And I was basically saying to them that I said, it's Trevor Bowers, Cy Young to win. And after Friday, I'm having tremendous doubts about this. I think you, Darvish, has put himself in the driver's seat on the year. He finishes with a 2.01 ERA a whip of 0.96, which is uh, um, uh, hits and and walks and innings pitch, and then over 11 strikeouts per nine innings and an MLB best 3.0 war. MLB best, in your opinion, Ryan, is you Darvish the front runner or are we going to see Trevor Bauer take the crown? Yeah, and you know, it's interesting you say that because I never thought Trevor Bauer was the guy who he was going to be going up against. For me, 
I always felt like Max Freed of Atlanta. Granted, I know he got hurt, but, you know, for me, it was either Max Freed or it was going to be, you know, possibly Jacob DeGrom. But to answer your question, I do believe that you Darvish should win the Cy Young. You, you threw out the stats already. I mean, he's got, you know, basically a two ERA. He was tied in the league for wins. Uh, you mentioned the whip. I mean, the strikeouts. This guy is the complete package this year. He's been amazing. So Hugh Darvish had such a great last start. I'm so jazzed that he has finally been able to put it together. And I hope this carries over into next year, too. But for my money, Hugh Darvish is the 2020 Cy Young Award winner in the National League. What about you? It, well, it, it would be nice. I mean, it's 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 been since 2016 when uh, Jake Arrieta just, just blew off the tires of all pitching and put together one of the most magical season-and-a-half runs. And what we're seeing with Hugh Darvish right now, going back to the last All-Star break of, two, of 2019, you know, he has been one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. And so all of those worries and concerns and fears, I mean, you know, he did get rocked in the World Series for the Dodgers. We now know the Astros were cheating and, and stealing signs, and they, they got to him early. We also know that he tried to speed up his pitching uh, um, for the Cubs staff, and he said sometime last year, I want to slow it down, coach. And he did, and he is deliberately taking control on every one of his starts. So for me – I'm going to eat my words from Friday when I was on the radio show, and I think it's you, Darvish's to win. Trevor Bauer has opened a lot of eyes. He has absolutely taken you know, the national spotlight on, on a lot of his starts, but I think you, Darvish, deserves it. Rhino, I love this. We're giving our listeners, again, the opportunity to get free merchandise right here on the show. Uh, how would uh, free Cubs hat sound to you guys? All you have to do is text Cubs 20 to the number 77948. So all you do, open up your text messenger, type in the phone number 77948 and text Cubs 20. C-U-B-S 2-0. You can get a free Cubs hat while supplies last from our new partners, Federalist Wine. Again, that's Cubs 20 to 77948 and you can get a free Cubs hat. Well, that seems easy enough, Chad. I mean, and speaking of the Federalist, this is a wine devoted to one thing, and that's damn good taste. It's crafted to be as big, bold, and revolutionary as America itself. You're an American, right, Chad? You should like this wine. Very American, yes. This is an American craft wine that really goes with everything. So you want it with a nice dinner? Drink Federalist. You want it with some, as I like to call it, dude food, like a hamburger? Drink Federalist wine. It's perfect for backyard barbecues and watching baseball. I drink it. Ryan drinks it. You should, too. Grab a bottle at uncorked.com. And here's another great promotion. Use the promo code CUBS20. The folks over at uncorked.com, CUBS20. You'll get 20% off your purchase. So remember, text CUBS20 to 77948 to get your free Cubs hat. And then go on over to uncorked.com and use the promo code CUBS20 as well for 20% off as many bottles of wine as you want. That's Federalist Wine. Damn good taste. That's right. Must be 21 years or older to consume alcohol. Please drink responsibly. Time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the Friendly Confines. You know, Chad, we always talk about how great each week we have an amazing guest that comes on our program but this one is beyond a blockbuster of a guest 
He is a Pulitzer Prize winning author, longtime columnist for the Washington Post, and of course, a diehard Cubs fan. You, of course, can probably uh, know him from the countless books he has written uh, in the political scope. However, a nice little place on the north side about the Chicago Cubs is, of course, his love letter to the Northsiders. It is our honor to welcome Mr. George Will to the friendly confines. George, thank you so much for joining us here on the seventh inning stretch with Chad and Ryan. How are you, sir? I'm very well. I hope you are too. It is uh, such a pleasure to talk to you. We are doing great. We are getting ready, of course, for the postseason now as the Cubs enter the wild card round against the Miami Marlins. And George, I'm curious because obviously the world we are living in right now is it's due to COVID. Major League Baseball made it a 60-game season, expanded the playoffs. We have a different sort of look this year. So I'm curious what your thoughts are. The, the problem with any postseason, but this one in particular with best of three series and, and things like that, is it, it magnifies the importance of luck. Now, whenever I see postseason Cubs versus Marlins, backward reels of mine to 2003, I was at the Bartman game. Oh, wow. So uh, I, I get nervous just seeing the name Marlins there. <laughs> but, but beyond that, I do, I, I, I'm not a fan of, of 16 teams making the playoff. I think this devalues the season. I don't mind this year because the season itself was so peculiar and devalued. I, I read just the other day that I'm a national season ticket holder in Washington. I read the other day, I guess yesterday, Juan Soto is the youngest person to win a National League batting title ever. And I think, do I really care? Yeah. Because he did it over 60 games. We've had people bat 400 over 60 games. Uh, a number of them. That 60 games just is not a real baseball season. So I'm not saying we ought to put asterisks on these things, but because all real baseball fans will know how to think about this. But I, I'm having a lot of trouble t uh, feeling enthusiasm about a playoff that, that because so many teams are in it and because the series are so short, the role of randomness and, and bad bounces and luck can can change everything. As you've it's looked at, of, oh, sorry, George. That's a, sort of that's sort of a deflating answer, but it's how I feel, and I'd be curious to know how many uh, other Cub fans feel the same way. You know, I, I I so appreciate that, and so many people kind of said, "Well, this isn't a real season. This doesn't feel right. It's a shortened season." But for me, in this very unique year, it it almost felt normal hearing you know Pat and Ron in my ear on you know listening to the radio broadcasts. What was it like for you um, watching this this Cubs team and keeping up with this team? Um, how often do you check in on the games and and uh, you know what's your take on this this core unit and what they've been able to do in winning their their sixth Central Division and only the eighth Division title um, since the divisions became a thing? Well, I did follow. Of course, I've got the Major League at bat app on my phone, so I get uh, alerts. I get uh, all the out of market games on my phone, so. In that sense, it's been a regular season. Uh, I think the Cubs are clearly the best team uh, in uh, in uh, the National League Central, and I wish we'd had a full season so they could have demonstrated that. Uh, think, of, think of the poor Cleveland Indians fans. They haven't won a World Series since 1948. Suppose they win it this year. Is, is, is their curse over, or do they feel, eh, still haven't, still haven't quite done it? 
but for the Cubs, since after the glorious 2016, the Cubs uh, can take justifiable pride in saying, look, we, we adjusted to the pandemic circumstances. Everyone had the same circumstances to adjust with, and uh, we won. So Cub fans can take genuine pride. George, you wrote, of course, the book and your side, and you talk about in the book the, the pain and suffering of being a Cubs fan. So I'm curious now how your perspective, of course, has changed since 2016 and what it has been like for you as a Cubs fan uh, from 2015 to the present day, now that we've seen a world championship in our lifetime. Well, I always hated the idea of the Cubs as lovable losers, because I don't think there's anything lovable about putting an inferior product in front of baseball fans for decade after decade after decade. Uh, people said, well, now that the Cubs have won, is that, what are you going to think now? And I said, well, when in 2017? And then in 2018, why not have a dynasty? Dynasties are few and far between in modern baseball for a lot of good reasons. But uh, the Yankees, the big red machine, the Oakland A's for a while, but it's really hard to repeat. And it ought to be hard to repeat because we do want parity and we do want competitive balance. But uh, I, I think the, the core of this Cubs team is just, uh, it's major league probably, I mean, it's up there, I think, with the, with the Dodgers, and I hope we get a chance to prove that. So, George, a question I wanted to ask of you, you as, as we were talking before we started recording, you and I were both born in Champaign. Uh, you grew up in the, the uh, in Champaign-Urbana. Um, I grew up in, in Villa Grove, just south of Champaign. And, you know, in my community where I grew up, it's 50-50. There are, there are no White Sox to speak of. It's either Cubs or it's Cardinals. How did you make that choice? I'm always in my, for me, it was my uncles who are about your age. They were so important to me and my fandom. Um, what was it for you that led you to the North side? I'm, you know, I'm not really sure, except, and I have to say something that's going to sound heretical. I didn't like the Cardinals broadcaster. <laughs> the late forties and early 1950s of a guy named Harry Carey. <laughs> and, uh, and for some reason, he just rubbed me the wrong way, which probably bent me a little bit toward, uh, Toward the, toward the Cubs, almost all my friends were Cardinal fans. And in fact, on WTIC Channel 3 in uh, Champaign in the 1950s when television first came down there, the sportscaster, a guy who covered sports with the CBS affiliate, was Shane Deanst, was Red Shane Deanst's brother. So there was, there was a lot of Cardinal stuff down there. But, uh, you know, once you start with a team, you're not going to, and you have some bad experiences, you don't give up. You double down, and you say, "I'm I'm I'm invested so far, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna abandon ship." So I stuck it out through Hal Jeffcoat and Eddie Mixus and Harry Cheedy and Roy Smalley and Wayne Terwilliger and a lot of forgettable names. I'm afraid. I'm gonna put an assumption out there, uh, George. So I'm I'm hoping this is true because it would make for obviously a great question. Uh, President Ronald Reagan, of course, was a diehard Cubs fan. He broadcasted Cubs games. I'm curious when he was president, if you had any talks with him about the Cubs when you were with him or interviewed him at any point during his presidency, and maybe any stories you have of your um, relationship with the president about the Cubs when it when it came to that, if at all. I, I don't recall having that. He came to my house for dinner six times. 
and uh, I got in a world of trouble for helping him prepare for his one debate, the Cleveland debate with Jimmy Carter, but we, we didn't get around to talking about baseball. I do have in my office in the Georgetown section of Washington a picture of him on the mound, dress shoes, dress slacks, but wearing a cub jacket halfway through his windup, and it looks pretty good, by the way. Uh, of course, he played uh, Grover Cleveland, uh, Alexander, in a movie. Uh, so I, I, I've got evidence there of his affection for the Cubs, but we never talked much about it. He, we did. I, I, I do make the argument in nice little place on the other side that the Cubs won the Cold War because, as you will recall, he, Dutch Reagan was a sportscaster in Des Moines, and he at that time the Cubs trained on Catalina Island, which. William Wrigley, after whom the ballpark is named, had bought. And Dutch Reagan talked his employers into letting him go to Catalina Island off Southern California to cover spring training. And while he was out there, he said, well, I might as well have a screen test. So he went, got a screen test, became an actor, became famous, became governor, became president, and won the Cold War, all because of the Chicago Cubs. Chad? I don't think I've ever been more nervous in my life for an interview than I was for that one. Oh my gosh, that was so cool. Being able to interview, I mean, one of baseball's historians, one of the most famous and just respected people on the planet in George Will. Uh, this is a man who obviously has a resume unlike anybody and he was kind enough to join us. Might I add, Chad, the uh, right before a presidential debate. I mean, it's not like this guy's not busy or anything, and he took the time to join us. So thank you to George Will. You can find him at Twitter, at George Will, and, of course, you can find his work basically everywhere. He's in the Washington Post, but he is syndicated, so you can read him everywhere and anywhere, and, of course, on NBC News and MSNBC. And, uh, of course, the book, A Nice Little Place on the North Side, about the Chicago Cubs is his book about the Cubs, among other books that he's written just in general about politics. So if you uh, enjoy his work, I know you can find him wherever. All right. So also with that being said, you can find Chad and I on Twitter. I'm at Ryan D. Lieber. Chad's at the Chad Gordon. And of course, our Facebook page is the Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines Facebook page. We're always excited to hear from you and what you have to say about the team. We love interacting with the listeners. We love hearing from you. And we'd love to hear from you who you'd like us to get on our show as well. Right, Chad? Absolutely. And I want to make a, a quick note because things are getting interesting. So for our longtime listeners, our new listeners, welcome. We're glad to have you here for the longtime ones. We're so appreciative of all your support. Please continue to share this with your Cubs fan friends. We hope they enjoy what you are listening to as well. But the note that I wanted to share is accelerated schedule so we're gonna have this is gonna be a, a short time that this this episode will be up it'll be up through the uh, miami marlin series the conclusion we hope after that we'll be doing a preview of the uh, divisional round um or we'll be doing a wrap-up but the hope is that we'll be moving forward so look for a new episode at the end of uh this week we're really excited things are really heating up so let's move on to the eighth inning and um, a little bit of a, a football note. I mentioned before the Bears are 3-0, which is awesome. But the Bears football and Wrigley Field lost a legend this week when Gail Sayers passed away. Uh, and Ryan, you know, we, we had some discussions. We had some texts about this. Uh, 
you know, he had a short, you know, had a short career, just six years before knee injuries got to him. But is Gail Sayers one of the, the is he the greatest athlete ever grace Wrigley Field? What do you think? Well, it's funny, Chad, because, of course, you always talk about Ernie Banks. You talk about Ryan Sandberg or Sammy Sosa or all these great Cub players that, you know, were on the field at Wrigley. But, you know, the Bears kind of get lost in the shuffle, right? Because. The Bears, you think of being at Soldier Field since 1971, but prior to that, they played at Wrigley Field. And when you think of Butkus and, you know, George Hallis and, you know, the, the lore of the Chicago Bears and these, you know, guys, Sid Luckman, you know, these guys that played for the Bears that, you know, had the opportunity to potentially play at Wrigley Field. Now that I'm saying that, I don't even know if Sid Luckman played at Wrigley Field. But one player that did for sure <laughs> is, in fact, Gail Sayers. And Gail Sayers arguably could have been the greatest running back of all time, Chad. Of course, his career was cut short because of an injury. And, you know, people say that if he had stayed healthy, he could be the guy we refer to as the greatest running back of all time instead of Walter Payton or Jim Brown or Barry Sanders. And he was so revered in Chicago for the short time that he was, you know, playing for the bears. And you know what, Chad, I do believe, even though, you know, you think of these great cup players that Gail Sayers pound for pound was the best player ever to play at Wrigley field. I really do believe that. What about you? You know, it's, it's hard to, you know, compare sports, compare generations. You know, it's hard to do that. It, you know, you, you know, people can, can say all they want to about Babe Ruth, but would his body type and his ability, and you see some of the pitches he faced back in the day, could he face the pitching of, of today, right, a second reliever on any team? Um, with Gail Sayers, you know, he was the guy you see the highlights. He reminds me, and this is may not be a great uh, remind, you know, this may not be a great comparison, but like Reggie Bush in college, right? He was the guy that when the ball was in his hands, he would just do anything. Gail Sayers famously said, I just need 18 inches. And he showed that. He showed that every time he had uh, the ball in his hand. So I'm not going to go out on a limb and say greatest player to play at Wrigley Field, but he absolutely is one of the greats to play at Wrigley Field. And he was a guy cut way too short. Um, you know, I, I love Walter Payton. I think he embodies everything that you want from a um, humanitarian, from a, you know, from a player, from a competitor, from a, a dogged individual. Gail Sayers, when you see his highlights, because neither one of us was alive to see him play, he was just explosive. He was, he was before his time, he was incredible. He wasn't the big body of Jim Brown. But he was that elusive halfback that just could make plays every time he touched the ball. Imagine Devin Hester, but a running back. You know, every time he touched the ball, it was like a kickoff. That was Gale Sayers. Yeah. May he rest in peace. 77 years old, Gale Sayers was. And might I add, Chad, he was the athletic director at Southern Illinois University, our alma mater, from 1976 to 1981. So a little bit of SIU tie-in as well with Gale Sayers, too. So that's kind of cool that uh, – we have that history with him as well. All right. And one so, point, and Ryan, before you go to the ninth inning, you know who didn't go to SIU? George Will. <laughs> no, he did not. He definitely did not go to SIU. That is very true. He uh, did definitely did. Yeah. Nope. Nope. All right. So moving on to the ninth inning, chat. And uh, let us play the prediction game. We have the Cubs and the Marlins in the first round of the playoffs. So I'll let you start. Who you got and how many games will it take for one of these teams to advance to the division round? What do you think? 
I'm all in. I'm all in on the Chicago Cubs. I'm all in. You've got you, Darvish. You've got Kyle Hendricks in the first and second game. You likely, if needed, have John Lester, who is shown to be uh, outstanding postseason presence for the Cubs and in his career. I don't think it's going to get to three games. I think the Cubs are going to come out. They're going to show what they showed this weekend. They're going to put up some runs. They're going to get to the pitching early. And, and Darvish and Hendricks are going to do their job. I see the Cubs moving on quickly right. and without a loss. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with this is going to go the full three. I think the Cubs will win in three. I think the Marlins will give them a little bit of a run. But I definitely think that the Cubs will advance to the next round um, and play either the Reds or the Braves. So that is where I will leave it. For now, so that is going to wrap things up on this edition of the Friendly Confines Playoff Edition. For Chad, I am Playoffs. Ryan. That's right. For Chad, I'm Ryan. We'll talk to you later in the week after the series is over. So have a good one, everybody, and let the games begin in the playoffs. Enjoy. We'll talk to you. See you, see you at the playoffs, everybody. just a game for I've seen other teams and it's never the same when you're born in Chicago you're blessed and you're a field the first time you walk into Wrigley Field our heroes wear- hey everyone I'm Chad Gordon and I'm Ryan Lieber we're the hosts of the Friendly Confines podcast each week we'll bring you the latest Cubs news from the fans perspective with some of the biggest names in sports. Joe Buck, welcome to the Friendly Confines with Chad and Ryan. Yeah, oh my God, I'm happy to do it. Pat Hughes, welcome to the seventh inning. Happy to be here, Chad. It is Len Casper. You got it, Ryan. Chad, happy to be with you guys. The Hawk, Andre Dossett. What is my distinct pleasure? I'm doing fine, thank you. We're also excited to bring you new episodes as part of the Barroom Network. So if you're a Cubs fan or even just a baseball fan, be sure to check out the Friendly Confines podcast every week on the Barroom Network. Bears Barroom. Welcome to the Barroom Network. Here's what's on the menu. Gabriel Schuster Football Podcast. I'm David Schuster. He is Greg Gabriel. This is Bear Football, your weekly look at the Chicago Bears from a fanalist standpoint. This is Buffone 55. And welcome into another edition of the Grabstein Schuster Zone. Bears Barroom. The Mike North Advantage. Hawk Harrelson. How are you, Hawk? All right, big guy. What are we going to argue about today? <laughs> So if you're a Cubs fan or even just a baseball fan, be sure to check out the Friendly Confines podcast every week on the Barroom Network. This is the Fantasy Football Goon podcast with me, Joe Mandel, the goon, and my buddy, John Santucci, the tooch. Shinowski, Schuster, Sharpshooters. And welcome in to Stuff My Mom Threw Out. It's brought to you by AU Sports, the best memorabilia store in the world. Bears Barroom. There's that and much more, like the Barfly Tailgate Show, Draft on Tap, and, well, just subscribe to the Bears Barroom Radio Network and get automatic downloads to all our shows. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Bears Barroom.
everybody, this is Ryan Dempster, and you're listening to Chad and Ryan on the Friendly Confines Podcast. Hey everyone, Ryan Badgley from the Barfly Tailgate Show, and football season is kicking off, and I know you feel like I do, so to steal a phrase from WWE superstar Daniel Bryan, yes, yes, yes! I also know you are like me and you love the work Alan Robinson is putting out on the football field, but also off the field. That's why we're so pleased to partner with the Alan Robinson Within Reach Foundation. Their work provides educational opportunities and resources to low-income and inner-city Chicago students to help put success within reach. How can you help? Immediately you can visit allenrobinson12.org and learn more about what they are doing and make a donation. If you can't donate money, can you donate your time? The foundation is always looking for volunteers. And please let others know about their great work. In the coming weeks, the Barroom Network will hold some fundraising efforts and we hope that you'll be a part of those. And again, let your family and friends know. Now how about them Chicago Bears? I'm so psyched up for this season. I think A-Rob has 100 catches and double-digit touchdowns. Now let's bear down.